Brother Randy Lightborn in the word Lash Travel as he ministers the sermon, Having God's Heart. pastor for over 30 years so I knew right from wrong I was brought up to serve God but I chose to go my own way and I suffered terrible for it but I thank God that I've had a road to Damascus experience and I rededicated my life and my heart to God so that God's will can be done in my life my name is brother Randy Lightfoot join me as I share the word of God my topic tonight is called Having God's Heart. Having God's Heart. And underneath it, I've got true expressions of faith. The main topic is having God's heart, but I believe in when we have God's heart, in order to have God's heart, we are going to be having true expressions of faith being demonstrated in our lives by having God's heart. So let's go look and see where God has laid this, laid this on my heart and where it's going to lead us to. I want to look at First Chronicles chapter 16, verses 7 to 12, and then 23 to 29. Okay, Here beginneth the reading of the word of God. Then on that day, David delivered first this psalm to thank the Lord into the hand of Asa and his brethren. Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him, sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name, let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and his judgments of his mouth. Praise the Lord. Uh, verse 23, seeing unto the Lord all the earth, show forth from day to day his salvation. Declare his glory among the heathen, his marvelous works among all nations. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He also is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Glory and honor are in his presence. Strength and gladness are in his place. Give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. May God add a blessing to the reading of his holy word. Praise the Lord. Uh, um, I have two points that I want to use to try to get out this topic. 
Point number one is recognizing who God is. And in brackets, I want to highlight knowledge. Point one is recognizing who God is, knowledge. Point two is revealing who God is. And in brackets, I want to put faith. And I want to use both of these points to try to bring out what it is in terms of having God's heart. That's a term that is used in scripture um, specifically about King David. And that's where this whole topic actually came from. I was reading the word of God and, and that came up. And that, you know, just makes you think. When you understand it, that, that God was given this expression of David when he wasn't King David. He was using this expression of David when he was choosing David to be king. He says, I'm going to pick him because he's a man after my own heart. And so that sent me down the um, study of trying to understand and see what is it about if we are having God's heart. God refers to David as a man after my own heart. How does that play out in real life? What does that look like to be a, a person having God's own heart? Let's look at point number one. Point one is called recognizing who God is. So let me look at the topic and say that, you know, having God's heart. Obviously, we would have to go back to the, the, the most basic part of it first is recognizing who God is. Before we can begin to say that we're having God's heart, we need to know who God is. And that's a knowledge, that's a knowledge gathering and, and a knowledge revealing that has to take place in your life. You need to know who God is. You need to know what God's about. And these are the things that started to get revealed to me when you look at the term of David being a man after my own heart. How could David have God's heart? And these are some of the basic things that have to take place first. Let's look at Acts 13 and 22. It's going to start to lay out this little knowledge about getting to know God. Acts 13 and 22 is about, they have just finished describing how God got rid of Saul. And the 21st verse, it says he had just gotten rid of Saul. And then verse 22 says, and when he had removed him, this him is Saul, he says he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave their testimony. And said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Praise the Lord. Let's look at also First Chronicles chapter 16, verses 25 to 27. And it reads, for great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. He also is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are idols, 
but the Lord made the heavens. Glory and honor are in his presence. Strength and gladness are in his place. David knew who God was. Yes, was. <laughs> you know, he was speaking in the past tense when, when um, David was still there, he would say, you know, he knew who, who God is. Um, because God is that same God yesterday, today, and forever. What I want to highlight here is a special knowledge that we have to have before we can get an appreciation of this whole mindset of having God's heart. David is special. And what I'm going to try to use in this text, in these texts here, is all going to be centered around David and how David lived his life. Because that term is directly related to David. That David is a man after minor in heart. And that would want to be all of us, Messiah, that God will be able to look at us and say that whoever you are is a person, has my heart, is a man or is a woman, after my own heart. And what I've done is look into what and how David was, how he lived his life, that would make God say that David is a man after my own heart. What made David so special that he was called a man of God's own heart, even at a young age? At a very young age, David was called a man after God's own heart. He will fulfill my will. And this is what I was looking at for myself in the, the understanding to have that mind that I can be, it can be said that I'm a man after God's own heart. Thus I came up with this topic, having, having God's heart. Starting from the beginning to have God's heart, you need to know who God is. You need a proper knowledge of who God is. And starting here, I'm going to go into some scriptures. This will be a lot of scriptures. So those who love to write notes, take notes, because it's not important that you remember everything that I say, but it is important that you're able to go back and refer to the word of God that I've used and check it for yourself. That my uh, belief is Acts, Acts um, uh, 17 and 11. You have to check it for yourself. So there will be many scriptures because everything that we know about God is found in the word of God. So um, when I go down this road of trying to express to you who God is, Write these scriptures down so you can check them for yourself because you need to know these scriptures. And the more you know these scriptures, the more empowered you're going to be as a child of God. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 to 6. And God spake all these things, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness or 
of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, mercy, and sharing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments, mercy. Um, let's turn to Psalms uh, um, 18, 1 and 3. Remember what was just said. This is God. But that was God describing himself and giving a direction in terms of serving him. Listen to what David says in Psalms 18. He says, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God my strength in whom I will trust my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Listen, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. Praise the Lord. Exodus speaks about the fact that there is only one God. All these other gods, I read in Chronicles earlier, they are idols. God said they're idols. God tells Moses that there is only one God and you are to serve him. David goes on in Psalms and reveals that, yeah, it is only one God. And that God is my rock, is my fortress, is my deliverer, is my salvation, is my buckler. Um, it's my high tower. David has a clear understanding of who God is. That's what David is saying in Psalms. David, at a very young age, knew who God is. The reason I want to highlight this stuff to you is because this is the foundation that sets up for you to be able to truly have the heart of God. You can't have God's heart if you don't first know who he is. You can't come to God unless you know who God is. David's knowledge of who God is sets him up in the place to be able then by God himself to say that this is a man after my own heart. But it started with a proper knowledge of who God is. There is only one God. David goes on to say, here's my rock, here's my fortress, here's my salvation, here's my everything. David had a proper knowledge of who God is. It makes a massive difference in your life when you know who God is. Because when you know who God is and how God operates, you're changed. You're no longer an average person. You're most certainly not even an average Christian. The more you come into a knowledge of who God is, you're going to change. You're going to change the way you walk. 
You're going to change the way you talk. The songwriter says, what if God is not happy with our praise? I'm going to get into that even more because this, to me, is the main ingredient of why God says that about David. When God says that David is a man after my own heart, he's talking about the fact that David knew who he was so much. He knew God wants praise. God wants worship. That's what makes David so different than everybody else. What you're going to understand is that David operated with a life of worship and praise before God. Long before he reached the throne of Israel, David sat as a shepherd on the hills and used his heart and worshiped and praised God. Because from that young age, he experienced a lion. He experienced a burn, all these bad things coming up against him. And his help, his fortress, his buckler, his high tower was God. When he was all alone, he knew who God is. He knew that there was only one God. And it was that knowledge of God, that true understanding of who God was, that leads David. When you study David's life, all David wanted to do was to praise and bring glory to God. I'm going to touch on a very few scriptures that deal with this, that highlight this. I want you to know that there are so many that if you ever went and done a study, it'll blow your mind. You would feel bad because it becomes increasingly clear to you that God desires praise and worship from us. That's what he desires. When he says David was a man of my own heart, David loved praise and worship. I'm going to try to highlight it as best as I can. Let's look at Psalms 47, verses 6 and 7. Psalms 47, 6 and 7. It says, sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises unto our king. Sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. Whew recognize and understand who God is. When you do, this is going to be your response. Let's look at 2 Chronicles 20, verses 15 and verse 21. Well done, scripture her. This one of them ones that just, listen, this one of them ones that get me good sometimes. It just gets me on my feet because the reality of who God is, it changes you. I want you to know that I stand here today a changed person because of the study that I done this week, just this week on David, trying to have God's heart. It's changed me in a way that I can never be the same. The reality of who God is and what God wants of me has changed me in a way that I can't help but express it to you. And I pray that enlightenment that I've gotten falls on somebody today in some way 
for you will understand what it is having God's heart. This is the well-known scripture or text that deals with part of what happened when Jehoshaphat was facing the Syrian army, and he was devastated. It was no way that he was able, that Israel was able to come against them. And this is God responding to them when they sought God in this spirit. When they sought God seeking how they were supposed to deal with this enemy that was way more powerful than them. This is how God responds to them through one of the uh, um, priests that was there. And it says, and he said, hearken ye, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou, King Jehoshaphat, thus said the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. This is a big one. Listen to what God tells them. Because the battle is not yours, it's God's. God's direction to them is, and when he had consulted with the people, this is Joe Hazafat, had consulted with, with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. And to say, as the girl out in front of the army, they were to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. That was their instruction in the midst of a big war. Look at what God wants. God wants praise and worship in the middle of your battle. They wasn't out of the battle. The instruction was to get the choir, get the Judas, Judean um, Israelites, put them at the front and let them sing this song as they go forward. That text goes on to tell you that they thought they were tricking Israel by coming up some back way. God put the scope over it and told them which way to go. And told them to march that way. And when they marched, the only thing they were supposed to do is to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. To worship God. To give God glory. To give God praise. Expressions of faith. I want you to know that when you begin to take a mindset to worship God, to me, you can check it for yourself, that becomes the remedy for strengthening your faith. It's a true expression of faith. When Israel, when facing this massive army, put on robes and go down there before those guys, who had tanks and horse and carriage and big shields and knives and everything else, their response was to what? Sing praise the Lord. When that army was down there getting ready to attack Israel, all 
could hear were sinners. It makes no sense to them. It made no sense to them. All they could hear was singing on the other side of the hill. What happens? The leader of the army tells them, go over the hill and tell me what's going on. Let me know how many horse and carriage they got. Let me know how many shields they got. Let me know how many knives and spurs they got. When the guy runs up that hill and looks over, he's speechless. He runs back down the hill and he tells him, he guys said, well, look, how many um, um, horse and carriage was it? He said, none. How many swords and, 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 and spurs? He said, none. So we said, well, what did they have? He said, look, all I saw was a bunch of people in words singing praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Scripture says they went crazy and got confused and fought each other. Jesus is here to give us that freedom so that we're able to worship God in spirit and in truth, not when the battle's over. David, in the scripted text that I read to you earlier, was giving praise and glory to God because in that text of scripture, he was able to secure bringing the Ark of the Covenant back into Israel. Those of us that know that scripture will, will know that David danced before God. He praised and worshiped God so much so that his wife was embarrassed and told David how much she was, she despised him. Scripture says she despised him and later on she tells him that you made a fool of yourself out there dancing and worshiping God. You're the king and you're out there dancing like a common person on the street. David tells her that if I get, basically what he says is, if I get the chance to worship God again, I'm going to make a bigger fool of myself next time. David had a mind to worship God. When you get into Psalms and you get into David's life, all David done was worship God. And he done that because he knew who God was. You cannot begin to worship God in spirit and in truth, in service, in your house, in your closet, if you don't know who God is. There has to be a recognizing of who God is. When you do that, when you have that proper knowledge, it sets you up for wanting to worship God. You can't want to worship God. This worship that is called one is not normal. We don't normally want to do this. But what I want to highlight here is the why worship, who should worship, where to worship, how to worship, when to worship. All those things I want to cover, especially in this next point. But the first part is why we want to worship. And that's because of who God is, not because of our circumstances. Jehoshaphat and the children of Israel's circumstances had not changed. The army was still ramping up. Their instruction was to have faith. The faith is demonstrated and is expressed by true worship to God, not just singing. They were really worshiping God. 
And that's what got God to move. Worship in our life, in our walk with God, is a necessity. It's the only way that we can have God's heart. God desires you to worship him. And what I want to look at, by the time I'm finished, I'm praying because this is what has changed my whole view of what God wants of us. We think that God wants us to be great and arrogant speakers or great or, or magnificent singers and motivational speakers and all this stuff. God wants praise. God wants praise from your life. He wants it every day and he wants it all day. That's why he said, David is a man after my own heart. Not because David was sinless. We know he wasn't sinless. Not because David was some great speaker. Because David lived a life where he knew who God was. And because God was so real in that understanding of who God is, he had to worship God. And I submit to you today that when you really know who God is, you have to worship him. You want to worship him. You want to. And it's not held off until you get into church. It's whenever you stop and think of the goodness of God, you want to, oh, my prayers go up, recognize and understand who God is and what he really wants from us. And I submit to you today that that is praise and worship in your everyday life. That's what sets David up to be so special. Let's look at point number two. Point number two is called revealing who God is. And then I use the encaption faith. Remember that we're talking about revealing who God is in the terms of praise and worship. We first have to recognize who God is, have a proper knowledge of, of who God is. This has to be expressed in our lives. Remember what we're talking about here. But we're talking about the fact that God said that David is a man after my own heart. This should be what all of us would want God to be saying about us. And I believe that God says it about David because David understood that how much God seeks praise and worship from your life. Not just on Sunday. Every single day of your life, God is looking for praise. Because what you come to find out, as I said in the topicer, having God's heart, expressions of faith. Every time you give genuine, sincere praise and worship to God, you are giving an expression of faith. Jehoshaphat's people marching to an army, singing praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever, does not do nothing for God if they don't mean it. Those guys sung with a voice of power because they knew that God was with them. They didn't know how God was going to work it out, but they sung that song with conviction because they knew that God was real. And they knew that this was a real instruction from God. And they ran out there singing that song. We have to praise God from a true heart. When you do it 
from a true sense of worship and praise, it moves God. That's why we sung the song earlier. What if God isn't happy with our praise? What if he isn't happy with the way we live our lives? What if he takes away his word? What if he takes away his spirit? God wants true worship. And he says in the New Testament that that worship can only be done when he told the woman to worship God in spirit and in truth. That can only be done from a position of faith. You have to know who God is and stand on that. I want to highlight that praise and worship has nothing to do with everything going right in your life. I'm going to bring that out very clearly as I go on. That praising God is not about having a life that is perfect. It's not about everything working out for you. Praising God is about recognizing who God is and what he wants from you. In the good, the bad, and the ugly that is going on in your life. Let's look at um, Psalms 67, verses 3 to 7. I've got a lot of Psalms that I'm going to bring up that I would encourage you to write them down so you can keep them for yourself because you're going to want them. Because these are the things that's going to help you keep you focused, help you to have God's heart. Psalm 67, verse 3 to 7 says, Let the people praise the Lord. Oh God, let all, just so we understand that, that, that means all, that means everybody, let all the people praise thee. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for thou shalt judge the people righteously. You gotta know who God is and govern the nations upon the earth. See that? Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase. Then, after you're praising God, then shall the earth yield her increase. And God, even our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. Praise the Lord. Let's look at 1 Chronicles 16, verses 7 and on. Then on that day, David delivered first his psalm to thank the Lord into the hand of Asaph and his brethren. Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of all his wondrous works. Praise the Lord. Praising and worshiping God is what we should want to do. <laughs> we should want to do this. We should want to do this based upon who God is. First point is who God is, knowing who God is. If we know who God really is, then we begin to understand why it's so easy for us to want to worship God. David does all out because of his ability to get the ark back, to have the ark where God can be back with the Israelites. He worships God. Psalm 67 uses a word called A-L-L. And if you think that that don't include you, then you, you, you shouldn't be on this earth. A-L-L means everybody. Let all the people praise God. 
This is what God wants from you. If you want to know God's heart, God wants praise. And that praise is not just about how you express yourself in church on Sunday. We're going to go deeper. We're going to see what praise looks like every day in your life. We're going to see what worship looks like every day in your life. You're going to see why God said that this shepherd boy that sat up on those lonely hills many nights watching over them sheep, he was praising and worshiping me all the time because he knew who I was. He knew I delivered him from the lion, from the bird, from whatever he faced. He knew God was real. All his praise to God are expressions of his faith. Not that his problem was going. His problem wasn't going. It says later on God's going to bless you. But praise me now. That praise, that glory, and that thank you, Jesus, that genuine desire to give honor and glory to God moves God. That's what he wants in your life. That's how you reveal who God is to everybody else. God is seen through us when we praise him. This is how we reveal God to the world. Let's look at three more Psalms. Psalm 74, um, verse 21. These Psalms are going to leave an impression on you that you cannot deny. Oh, let not the oppressed return ashamed. What? Let the poor and needy praise thy name. Don't wonder. Let me say it again, just so there is no misunderstanding. Oh, let not the oppressed return ashamed. Let the poor and needy praise thy name. Not rich and famous, rich and got everything. Let the poor and needy praise thy name. While they are still poor and needy, praise thy name. Let's go to Psalms 34. But Psalms 34, verse 1, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Hold on. Not just Sunday. Not just on Wednesday prayer service. I will bless the Lord at all times. His prayers shall continually be in my mouth. I want you to begin to get the mindset of what David was like get the mindset of what God wants from us. I will bless the Lord at all times. His prayers shall continually be in my mouth. Not just on Sunday, not just on Bible study or, or testimony service. His prayers shall continually be on my mouth. Psalms 145. When you finish these Psalms, it's nowhere to hide from what God wants from you. It's nowhere to hide from God's heart. The question is, will you have God's heart? Psalms 145 verse 2 says, what? Not some days. Every day. What? Every day I will bless thee. I will praise thy name for when? Forever and ever. Just so that we know. That's what we're going to be doing in heaven. That's what we're going to be doing in heaven. We're going to be singing praises and glory to God. Every word that is showed up where everybody gets a glimpse of the glory of God. All you want to do is worship and praise God. This is what God wants from us here now. Every day, 
I will bless thee. I will praise thy name forever and ever. Get the picture. It's going to change the life. God requires praise and worship from you every day of your life. It can only be done if you genuinely got faith. If you genuinely know who God is and your mind's made up, I've got my mind made up. Hmm? That's why the songwriter says, what if God is not happy with our prayer? What if he does take away his spirit, take away his word? What's it going to do then? God has given us instruction in his word. We want to worship God. We have to worship God. This is what he wants. This is how we can have God's heart. God's heart is that we worship him. You're going to be convinced of it by the time that I'm finished. We must all praise God. Remember what I started out with, despite our circumstances. Despite the circumstances. He says that the poor and the needy praise the Lord. Verse 34 says, I will praise God at all times. That praise shall continually be in my mouth, whether I'm rich or poor or joy or jobless. Whatever my situation is, I will praise God. It's an expression of faith in my life. It's not that my circumstances are fixed. Let the poor and the needy praise God. That's not normal self. You can't march to an army and say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Unless you know that, that this God that you're praising is going to be, be for you. When you're facing whatever you're facing in your life, if you know who God is and you praise him, it moves him. Hebrews says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Our praise and our worship is expressions of faith before God. David is a man after God's own heart. Look at what David done. His prayer shall continuously be on my mouth. I will praise him forever and ever. Get the idea, people. This is what having God's heart is all about. Because this is how we reveal to the world who God is. Let's look at Psalms 100, verses 1 to 5. When I finish pumping these scriptures in you, there's nowhere to hide from what God wants in your life. Listen to what he says. Make a joyful noise, huh? Not a good through the motion noise, but a joyful noise. You know, like when your team scores and wins the game and you're making a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise unto the to the Lord, that word comes up again, A-L-L, all ye land. What? Listen to the descriptions, to the, the, the adjectives that are being used here. It's very clear. You, you can't get mixed up. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. What? Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. Know who God is. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Listen to the editors. Thanksgiving and praise. When you enter into his gates and then you go into his courts, have a mind 
to be thankful, and to be given praise. This is how we're supposed to show up to church. We're supposed to show up to church excited. Not show up to church like, well, I'm a refugee just making it to the border. And I'm okay, I'm to church now. Oh, Lord, give me something to help me. No. We should be praising God all through the week. So that when the opportunity comes for us to go to church, what got thanksgiving? What got praise in our hearts? Okay? Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endured to all generations. This is the reason we praise God. God is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endured to all generations. It's that knowledge of who God is that should make you act different. It should make you change the way you walk, change the way you talk, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Let's look at Psalms 134, verse 2. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. All this is descriptions of how we're supposed to act. This is just dealing with church. We're entering with a mindset to worship God. This is David's mind. This is why David dances the way he dances and his wife goes all foolish. David entered those gates with a mind and a desire to serve God. Nobody had to make him praise God. Nobody had to make him clap. Nobody had to make him sing, make him stand up. He decided it from the inside because he knew who God was. God, he's a man after my own heart. He ain't waiting till he gets to heaven. We sing that song when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing will be. The day of rejoicing is here. No. It's a different excitement and joy we will have when we get that new body and, and when we do get resurrected. But we are supposed to be praising and thanking God right now. Because God is who he is right now. And we need to live that way. It's not the absence of our problems that makes God great. God is great every day, all day, despite let the poor and the needy praise the name of God. Praise him in your poorness. Praise him in your suffering. Praise him because God is good. God is good. His mercy endures forever. That was the stance David took. That's why David was a man after God's own heart. And this is what we want to be. Let's look at my, my last group of scriptures here. It's 2 Chronicles chapter 30, verse 21. And this one here is really important because I'm answering the question of why to praise God, who should praise God. I'm answering the question of where. I'm even touched on the question of how. Lifting your hands up. I'm getting to it a little bit more now, but I want to go back to the who. Because we live in a time where people become so holy, so spiritually mature, that they sit in church and they're the leaders at the front of the church and they raise their hands and they say, praise them people, praise them people. They tell you like they're orchestrating some orchestra. But they ain't praising God. They're not giving a praise to God. They're not giving a genuine worship. They're sitting up there very pious and looking very deep and important. But they stand naked before God because God only wants worship. 
Not nobody who thinks of Shab, who's acting Shab. He wants a genuine worship. Listen to this, sir. And the children of Israel that were present at Jerusalem kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with great gladness. And the Levites and the priests praised the Lord day by day, singing with loud instruments unto the Lord. The Levites and the priests, the elders and the bishops, they lead us. Praise the Lord day by day, singing with loud instruments, big tambourines, big stuff, praising God, not sitting up in church like the stiff and so deep that they can't get a hallelujah out of their mouth. They want to see you do it. All God's people should be praising God, specifically and especially the Levites and the priests of our day. Those leaders in our church should be leading praise to God every day. Look at Psalms 148 verses 1 to 4. I don't want you leaving her with any doubt in your mind what God wants of you, how you can have God's heart, what it really entails. Psalms 148 says, praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Huh? Look at the areas that are covered. Look at the things and the people that are going to be praising God, that is being instructed to praise God. When you think you're a Levite, when you think you're too deep to be getting so-called emotional, you're going to get emotional if you know who God is and what has done for you. If God has changed your life, you're going to get emotional. If you've got something to give praise for, you're going to get emotional. You don't got to be like everyone, but you're going to give a real praise. Look at who should be praising God here. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, all his angels. Praise ye him, all his hosts. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. Praise him, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. Who got left out? Everybody, everything is to praise God. You go down to 5,000 feet underwater and it's black. But if you shine a light down there, you see some of the most beautiful things. God made them beautiful so that they would praise him. God said that every star in heaven, he knows by name. And that they give him praise. They give him praise. How much more is you? How much more is you? God requires worship from us. We can't worship God if we don't really know who he is. If you really know who he is, every praise and worship you give to God is an expression of faith. I'm already telling you that it's supposed to be every day. It's supposed to be joyful. Enter into his gates. When you go to church, you should be excited with the opportunity to be praised in God's name. But I want you to look at Psalms 150, so just to bring home how serious this is. Psalms 150, verses 1 to 6, it says, Praise ye the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in the permanent of his power, praise him for his mighty acts, praise him according to his excellent greatness. Okay, praise him with the song of the trumpet. Praise him with the psalm tree and the harp. Praise him with the temple and the dance. Find out what's left out. Because everything's getting covered in there. Doesn't he want to give a dance, when he's a tambourine, when he's a harp, when he's a trumpet. 
Having a mind to worship God. Using these things that help you express your worship and your praise and your thanks to who God is and what is done in your life. Praise him with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the large symbols. Praise him upon the high song symbols. Let everything that have breath praise you the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. I don't know about these churches that operate when they don't want to hear no songs because they don't really want to go to heaven because this stops in heaven. Scriptures say that the angels rejoice. Sometimes they say it sounds like thunder when they're all praising God. They give honor to God. Those churches that don't want to have praise and worship, don't want to have no music, I don't know what heaven they want to go to because they're going to be surprised when they get up there and find that all we're going to be doing is worshiping and praising God. The 24 hours show you what we're going to be doing. You want to be focused in this life. You need to know that our God is a God of action, is a God of realness. He wants you to know who he is and he wants you to demonstrate it in your life every day. I want to close with Psalms 119, verse 164. It says, seven times, listen to this, so that you understand it. Seven times in a day, seven times a day, I will praise thee because of thy righteous judgment. David says earlier, I will give thee praise in the morning, the afternoon, and the evening. Then he goes on her to show you that seven times in a day, I will praise thee. Why is he saying this? Why is David saying this? Because this is what God requires of us. And if you can give God praise just in the morning, the afternoon, and the evening, you're doing tremendous expressions of your true faith towards God. It's revealing what your relationship with, with God is. Walk towards seven days, seven times in a day. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to set aside seven times in a day to bring praise and glory to God. That's about our relationship with, with God. That's about some real stuff that's going on with God. That's about a shepherd boy sitting on a hill with nothing else to do but to praise and to worship God. Find your way to know who God is. Worship God in spirit and in truth. You don't need to wait till you go to church. Every day, all day, wherever you are, be real with God in your poor state, in your needy state. Before your situations are worse, praise God for his mercy endures forever. Stay humble. Recognize who God is. Your prayers and worship reveals who God is. All of these things that we do are expressions of our real faith before God. And this is how we can have God's heart. You have God's heart when you're giving him a, a genuine praise, when you're giving him a genuine worship, when you're coming into his, entering his gates with praise in your heart, you're entering in his courts with gladness. When you get up seven times in a day and give praise to God because you know who he is. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. I say that because I know what I've been through in life. I know what God has brought me through. I'm going to praise to give because I know what he's done in my life. I don't need to be in church 
to give praise to God. I just need to, as, as David says, I just need to think of the goodness of God and I'm going to give praise. Every day you want to worship God. That opportunity is there for you to do it. This is how you have God's heart. Praise and worship. When we get to heaven, that's what it's all going to be about. Honoring and recognizing who God is and what has done for you. You can look at yourself today and know where God has brought you from. I know. I'm got a lot to be thankful for. God has brought me a mighty long way. So I'm going to praise to give. I told you that this study, this revelation of what changed me, changed me a whole lot. And from this point on, I seek to praise God every day. Every day I want to develop my praise and worship with God until I can get to a point that I'm saying this seven times in a day I'm worshiping God. If I can reach that, I'm beginning to be on the right track. Be encouraged. Be challenged to praise God in your life because this is what God wants. When you do it, God smiles from heaven. God answers your prayers. That's my prayer today. That's the message from my heart. I pray that the Holy Spirit continues to use these scriptures. Trust me, I did not use, I did not use one-tenth, not even one-tenth of the scriptures that are in that Bible that call for worship and praise. Not even one-tenth. Those ones they use are good, but trust me, I could have got you 90 more with some straight-up challenges to you on worshiping and praising God every day in your life, being encouraged. I want to take this time now to have a give this opportunity for an altar call. If anybody doesn't know um, Jesus in the departing of their sins, if anybody hasn't received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, this now is an opportunity for you to do that. I want to repeat the true acceptance of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For anybody that is listening, and if this is how you feel, you can repeat it after me. Just You just have to mean what you're saying. That I realize that I need Jesus in my life. I realize that I am a sinner. I realize that only Jesus has provided that escape for me. This escape is his death, burial, and his resurrection at Calvary. I believe that Jesus done this for me. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I give my life to God in faith, believing. Enter into my heart, Lord, by faith. Amen. If you're sat there, if you're mentored, there are angels in heaven that are rejoicing. There is a change that will come on you because you have genuinely given your heart to God 